Hello and welcome to the Medical Consulting Group podcast. Here we discuss the latest news, trends, tips and strategies within the medical industry. I'm your host, Fielding Emmett. I'm a medical copywriter here at MCG, and today's topic is digital marketing for 2022. With each passing year, businesses and practices rely more and more on their digital messaging and their digital identity. A practice will suffer if its digital marketing and branding isn't in tip-top shape. But fear not. Today, I, with the help of resident experts from Medical Consulting Group, will briefly help you out by touching on some important best practices for digital marketing. Joining me for today's discussion are a few members from the MCG creative team who each have unique roles under the marketing umbrella. Real quick, I'll have everyone introduce themselves. Luke, I'll start with you. I'm Luke Gintemann. I'm the SEO and marketing specialist on the creative team here at Medical Consulting Group. Uh, Basically, I help websites reach the top of the search results and deal with uh, online ads as well. I'm Chase Rayburn. I'm the digital marketing manager at Medical Consulting Group. My primary job includes social media advertising and management of all accounts and pages. And occasionally I assist Luke in Google advertising. Hi, I'm Cameron. I'm the newest graphic designer here at Medical Consulting Group. Um, I work on digital ads as well as printed material. And I'm Paul Johnson, and I'm the senior designer and uh, video producer here at Medical Consulting Group. Great. Thank you, everyone. Happy to have you here to discuss all things digital marketing. So let's get into it. Luke, I'll start with you. You are the SEO and web analytics guy on the team here. So tell me, and everyone listening, what is SEO? So yeah, to start out with, SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. And basically what SEO entails, you know, now in 2022 especially, the majority of how people find a website or a business is going to be from Googling, you know, either the name of that business or the industry that that business is in. Uh, So basically for SEO, our goal is to um, get your website to show up above everybody else's website, above your competitors and anything in that industry. Basically just so that you can uh, be the first option people see. You know, if they're they're Googling um, ophthalmology near me, uh, we help you get to be the first result. Gotcha. And it makes sense if someone is searching for your business that you would want to appear or that business would want to appear ahead of the other businesses. Right, you know, especially if, uh, you know, even on the base level of SEO is just getting your brand name out there. Because some people, some companies with really great SEO will show up even if, you know, for instance, if you typed in Walmart, if Target had really great SEO, Target would still show up in that search above Walmart. Um, And so you want to make sure that if somebody's searching your practice, that you're the first one to show up. So what are some ways a practice or business optimizes their pages? So there's a, you know, a ton of different ways that all fall under SEO to make your website uh, show up ahead of the competitors. Some of the you know, more basic ones are just knowing, um, you know, it all comes down to knowing your audience. So kind of predicting what keywords are they gonna be using what phrases are they going to be searching for and you know kind of the intent behind those so if you 
to break it down, if you get to the base of it, it's kind of predicting what people are wanting when they're wanting something to do with your business. So they're trying to match what they think people might search for with the content they build their websites. Right. So, you know, um, in a medical clinic, you know, you're going to definitely want to be using keywords of the services you offer, the procedures that you do, the names of your doctors, everything like that. You're going to want to, you know, put those all over your website, but you got to not fall into the mistake of using the same words over and over and over again because basically the way seo works a search engine you you know 90 percent of the time it's going to be google but it could be yahoo or bing or you know any of those what google will do is they'll crawl websites on the internet all day long and kind of give you a score and uh, the more google likes you the higher you'll show up in their search results so um, basically, putting keywords on there so that when Google you know, crawls your web page, it sees, okay, these are the main keywords that I'm seeing on this page, so I'm going to make it show up when, when people Google medical practice. If you've got a lot of stuff to do with medical practice on your website and it's not just repeated copied information, then it's going to boost your SEO score for Google. Gotcha. So let's talk about, um, so that's search engine optimization. Now let's talk a little bit about website traffic and analytics. So one term I'm sure our listeners have heard is cookies. Other terms are pixels and tags. So what are these and what do they do? So uh, we'll start with the one I'm sure everybody's heard of. You know, you go to a new website that you haven't been on before. Maybe, you know, you've been there, but you've cleared your search history or whatever. Uh, it'll ask you if you want to accept the cookies. Basically, uh, what that does, it just sticks a little code that attaches to you. Um, and so when you're using that web page, it can you know see what you specifically are doing on that and how you interact with the the page. Um, everything from you know how long did you stay on this page to what links did you click, you know how did you get there in the first place things like that. And so, you know, when you accept those cookies, it's basically just giving that website uh, more information about how you use their website. Pixels and tags are uh, another terms you'll hear uh, when it comes to SEO and, and doing kind of SEM and, and online advertising. Basically the pixel, you know, uh, if you're using LinkedIn or Facebook advertising or Google advertising, you're going to install a pixel on your web page, which is basically just some code you stick on your page, and it works effectively how cookies do. It's going to, when somebody gets to your web page from the Facebook ad they clicked, or the LinkedIn ad, or the Google ad, it's going to see that. And so, first piece of information, it's going to say, okay, they clicked on this specific ad to get to your web page. Now, let's see how they interact. And that way, you can. You know, it gives you a lot of information that you can tweak if you're seeing that a lot of people are coming from your Facebook ads and they act in a specific way and those are your, you know, biggest uh, converters, then, you know, you might in the future if you're changing up your website or, or adding anything to that, you can keep that in mind and tailor it better for those kind of people. Gotcha. So almost any website owner that's doing business should be using these valuable tools. Yes. I mean, especially the things like the pixels and cookies and tags, all that, it's free to do. There's, you know, there's no reason not to have Google Analytics installed on your website. There's no reason not to have a Facebook pixel installed on there. Even if you're not doing Facebook ads yet, it is just 
like continuously getting more user data for you to use in your future advertising. Gotcha. Good stuff, Luke. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Paul, let's go to you, our resident video expert. Tell us a little bit about what you do and some of the challenges you experience when shooting video. Sure, yeah, well, I've been here at Medical Consulting Group for quite a few years. I started here in 2003, and I've been doing the video production, overseeing that since about 04, so really a lot has changed over the years. You know, I was thinking back to when I first started, and you know, we were going in and creating uh, video and commercial campaigns on beta cassette tape and giving those to the TV stations, you know, and so it was all on tapes, and now it's all digital, and so we're you know, creating campaigns specifically for social media. And uh, one of the constants is that we've continued to go into practices and, and do video campaigns and do video productions with the doctors, with patients, and going in and interviewing them, uh, sitting down and, and talking with them. And I think one of the challenges has been getting patients and getting doctors to speak concisely, especially now that we're creating videos for social media. You know, people's attention spans are short you know I right. mean people go on Facebook and they um, they're taking a look at what their family's doing what their friends are doing and they just don't have a long attention span and so trying to get your your message out there quickly and so that's the challenge right up front as you go into a medical practice uh, trying to conduct an interview with a testimonial patient for example um, trying to get them to speak and, and say things in a short time and and, and so we've, we've developed some techniques over the years of doing that I, I always walk in with a pretty nailed down list of interview questions and I even have some sentences that I say to them and have them repeat it to me and fill in the blank, you know, and just to sure. get them to say things concisely so that the end result can be something concise that we can use on social media, so. Sure, um, speaking of social media, let's talk about YouTube. Um, I've seen commercials as small as five seconds web videos on YouTube. Um, do you have a lot of experience with uploading videos to YouTube and what are some things to consider um, format-wise whenever you do create a web video for YouTube? You know, we do a lot of work with YouTube and, you know, we basically set up a, a YouTube channel for all of our medical practices. It's almost like a small mini website for our medical practices. So, you know, there's a header image and a, a featured video and, and a play, different playlists on there with some of their videos housed on YouTube. And um, the way I look at it is, you know, when a potential patient is going to YouTube, you know, they might be looking for medical information. And so, you know, like we see a lot of videos about specific medical procedures doing really well on YouTube, say something about oculoplastics or strabismus or retinal detachment, you know, some specific videos like that seem to get a lot of views because people are going there doing research. And so um, the way I look at it is for a medical practice, YouTube can be used as a library or an archive. Right. Of, of video content and and then you can link to that on your website so say you create a uh, an about XYZ practice video and then you can post that on YouTube on your channel and then link to it on your homepage of your website and you can just kind of create a library of videos like that link to it on your website and um, you can even have those autoplay on your website and so those will and that'll gain some traction get quite a few views on YouTube by just having that on your homepage or on different pages of sure. your site. And so that's kind of the way we, we do it. I, I kind of think of it as YouTube as the library, Facebook as the storefront. People are going to research on YouTube, but when they go to Facebook, they're just looking to browse and have some fun, check things out. Yep. And so that's kind of the way I differentiate it. So. Gotcha. 
And you know, in today's, but the saying time is money, the more that you can, people can educate themselves on their own term um, at their own time, 24 seven, which is what YouTube is, which is what your YouTube channel would be. You're taking away all the time you'd spent answering questions or explaining procedures. It's potentially filling in an educational role for your business. Yeah, I mean, we have doctors that um, have specifically come to us wanting us to create educational video campaigns for them. Yeah, for that purpose, you know, create a campaign for me about cataract surgery or some of the different lenses that we offer in our practice for cataract surgery, things like that. So, and they can be used in the practice as well to educate patients when they come in. Right. So not only outside of the practice, but in the practice too. Yeah, like the waiting room. Yeah, in the waiting room. Um, yeah, in the medical lanes, in the exam rooms. They could pull it up on the website or on a tablet, you know, things like that. Right. So, yep. Well, thank you, Paul. It's uh, crazy how much video content is out there. And I um, feel like well-executed videos is a good part of a digital marketing strategy. So let's um, continue on with social media a little bit and go to Chase, who is our resident social media manager. So tell us about what's new with social media in 2022. Well, there are just so many changes that it's almost impossible to list them all in our short amount of time here, but I tried to stick to the most relevant ones possible. First off, you were just touching on it with Paul, which is that videos are not only important, but they're gonna become increasingly important across every social media platform and it could all be traced back to TikTok. We, it's not as important in the ophthalmic industry, but Instagram is starting to push videos. We started seeing that near the end of 2021. They're gonna be more prevalent on Facebook. LinkedIn is actually working on video introductions for personal profiles as a way for people to introduce themselves in a video format, as they're also rolling out video meetings and, uh, an interview preparation service, essentially. Oh, wow. Lots of video changes. Um, There's going to be more commerce business taking place on social media. So we're familiar with the Facebook marketplace. That's been around for quite some time. Instagram recently rolled theirs out or it became more popular. And so we're going to see a lot more commerce services on social media platforms. Another change that we actually saw near the end of 2021 that's going to continue throughout 2022 is Facebook becoming meta. Uh, Essentially, Mark Zuckerberg decided that um, he wanted to retire the Facebook name to become meta because this is going to be the future of social media. He's very fixated on making social media more virtual reality friendly. So these changes are going to be really subtle over time. Facebook has never rolled out anything dramatic overnight, and frankly, as my job requires, I'm supposed to be mindful of the small and subtle changes in Facebook, whether it's a slight change in advertising format or how we manage the back end of a Facebook page. So we're always paying attention here uh, to the small changes going on on Facebook, especially. Sure, and I think, would you agree that of all the platforms, Facebook is the mo- most robust of all and will be the um, gorilla in the room, if you will, no matter what updates they make. Do you see a platform taking the place of what Facebook has become over the last 20 years? They, they've stood the test of time since the early 2000s. They're on top and over a billion users worldwide and more companies than any other social media platform or using Facebook compared to others. So it's not going away anytime soon. Right. 
There are other social media networks on the rise, of course, Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, they're all still very relevant, but Facebook definitely stands out on top. Sure. And of course, Facebook owns Instagram or Meta, I should say. All social media platforms owned by Facebook are going to fall under the Meta umbrella. Gotcha. Okay. You talked about TikTok, um, and you know when a lot. I think the connotation with TikTok is not professionalism necessarily, or not where you go and do business, um, unless you're maybe like a you know an, a creative type or or an influencer. But everyone is taking notice at the success of TikTok, and it's going to impact the other platforms. Do you think that? It's the video format that people like, that people connect with. Why is why has TikTok become so successful over the last year or so? Uh, it engages more of the senses. You're you're seeing someone talk, you're hearing their voice, and again, you guys touched on it earlier about attention spans getting smaller. But people don't want to read long paragraphs or essays on traditional post. They want to hear people talk, and they just want you to. They want you to get your point across just like that. Sure. And maybe that's why like LinkedIn is doing the multimedia welcomes and the profiles because people would rather watch you introduce yourself for 10 seconds, see you, hear you, than read a little paragraph. So that's interesting. Thank you, Chase. Let's go on to graphic and design. Cameron, I know you're new here. Tell us a little bit about your role here and um, how long you've been doing it. I guess I've been designing for... Uh, over five years. Um, I have a really heavy print background. Everything here is a lot more digital, like a lot quicker, you know, changing. Um. Sure, like there's a lot more turnaround in digital compared to print. Right. Print, you schedule it out a little bit more. Right, and pr print can be pretty static. Sure. What are some of the programs or tools that you use to create an ad? Adobe Creative Suite. I mainly have uh, Adobe InDesign, um, Adobe Illustrator, and Photoshop open mainly all through the day. Adobe has a stranglehold on that market. Yes. They have a ton of tools, and I know that they're creative types' best friends. So Cameron, tell me, like, um, what's new with Adobe? Do they have anything new to offer? Uh, they do. They have a lot of new things in 2022. For me, personally, they've done some good updates to the object selection tool. So it will find objects faster. Say you open a, a picture with multiple subjects. Oh, cool. You can instantly kind of see what you're about to select or hover over. It can take them all at one time. Oh, nice. So you're not, you know, individually selecting things, yeah. which just it makes your job go faster. Yep. So that's always great. They're trying to um, make it easier for you to design on an iPad. They're pushing, like, the Procreate... Yep. Um, so for more a digital artist type yeah. thing. So and the last thing that I saw, which is really exciting, was they have a beta that they're, they're trying to make it so you're able to run Photoshop in the browser so you can kind of share and review and do some light editing without having the app. Very cool. Thank you, Cameron. It's, uh, it's amazing to see how digital applications and platforms are influencing businesses and practices. It's clear staying on top of digital marketing efforts should be a top priority for everyone. That concludes this episode. Thanks to Luke, Chase, Paul, and Cameron. We hope you learned a little bit about digital marketing. Thanks for listening.